Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Now, we've been asking you what kind of sex education is being taught uh, to your kids at school. That was over the weekend on Live95's Facebook page. Uh, Jackie uh, says, really, it shouldn't be a teacher's job at all. It should be taught at home age appropriately. Uh, Fiona says, uh, 11-year-old, 12-year-olds in my school, 5th and 6th class, getting told the full Monty, Fiona describes it as. Uh, Missy says, uh, hopefully, uh, they'll be taught that when it comes to sex, no actually means no. And D says, consent is a huge element of all RSE courses now, thankfully. Uh, well, Limerick mum, Sarah Lee Cassidy, a good friend of the show, is on the line right now. Good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, Joe. How are you? Now, I think you have a bit of an issue with the way it's being taught in primary schools, especially. Why? Well, I don't think it's age appropriate. Um, like senior infants, junior infants being taught words like penis, vagina, you know, urethra. You know, these are very, um, you know, like little little minds don't need that information. Um, and the thing is, like, you know, they say that we are the primary educators of our kids, but um, we're actually told, you know, you need to teach your kids these words before we actually tell them what they are. So it's like, it's kind of disempowering to the parents because the Irish constitution holds the parent as, the you know sole provider of education or or the choice of education that we choose to you know have our kids be taught in schools and so we put our kids into a school and next thing the curriculum comes out and it's presenting this sort of stuff but we're actually not the primary educators we're being told what to educate our kids and there is like a thing in the in the human body that's like hormonal and like our bodies have natural chemicals that are released at a certain age that like, you know, kind of tell us, you know, well, we're, we're going into adolescence or, you know, our, our kids don't need to know that stuff. They're not they're not developed that way. They're neurocognitively. They're not developed that way. Now, our experience on the show in the past, I mean, we had a primary school teacher tell us that consent forms were set, sent out to parents to begin sex education as part of the RSE programme. Uh, have you heard about those forms, Sarah Lee? I have, Joe, but that's not the point. That, that's not the point. The point is it's taking place in schools. And the point is that kids interact with other kids. And it's porous. And the fact is, okay, so if you go into, there was, a, there was a whole controversy there recently about a toy in Smith's Toys having body parts. And yet, insidiously, this is going into our curriculum in Irish schools. And we seem okay with body parts being taught to our kids in junior infants, in senior infants. There seems to be kind of a mixed message here. Uh, we even had college students actually talking to us about this in the past and how bad sex education was in secondary schools. Uh, let's just take a, a quick listen. My school has been dubbed as the school you go to if you want to get pregnant. The amount of girls who are in my year alone who got pregnant and were quite young. And I feel that a lot of that might have been, you feel like you have no access to anything. Nobody's telling you where you can get stuff, you know, without mammy and daddy knowing. Because who, what child wants to go to mom and dad and be like, can you go to the shop and buy me a pack of condoms? 
or can you go and take me to the doctor to get the pill or whatever, you felt that you kind of had, you were a bit lost. And even regards STDs and your sexual health, which is so important, you know, not just your mental health and your physical health, but you felt that like, okay, I know nothing and I'm going to have to go on Google at home to figure out anything or where is the nearest clinic if you wanted to get tested or any of these things. You felt that you came out with less information than you went in with. I think what ends up happening then is that a lot of these conversations where they should be happening in a classroom where there's a teacher to moderate them and to come in and give factual information, instead of that happening, what's happening is students are standing around in, you know, the caf- in the cafe in the school or they're outside in the yard and they're having these conversations and, you know, some of, some of the information is factual but they're hearing it off their friends who don't necessarily know all the ins and outs of things and th- then they're getting the wrong information as opposed to getting the right information in the classroom. Well, that was uh, students telling us uh, in the past on the Limerick Today show about their experience of sex education at secondary level. We're talking to Limerick mum, Sarah Lee Cassidy, about what's being taught in primary schools. So what would you like taught in primary schools and uh, uh, in which classes would you like to see it, Sarah Lee? You have to ask the question, why is this being taught in junior infants and senior infants? And you have to ask what's the primary motivation of introducing that to a curriculum. Like the the age of the kids that, you know, spoke there are much older. You know, um, yeah, they're adolescents, like they're in that kind of curious stage. And it is the role of a parent to actually make your child feel comfortable and open up communication around sexual health and, you know, sexual empowerment and, you know, knowing your body and, you know, how consent and, you know, how to say no. I mean, these are all, you know, very important things, but this, I feel, is not actually needed or, or even necessary for junior infants or senior infants. So so and would you have, be thinking sixth class, for example, then? Well, sixth class is perfect because it's like pre you know, it's like, you know, pre-adolescent and, you know, they're in that phase of probably chemically kind of activated and looking at like, you know, the opposite sex and that's starting to happen. So there is that, like, kind of biology happening in the body. But, like, you know, young children have no, like, conceptual awareness of that. And even if you look at it, like, from another perspective, they start looking at mommy and daddy differently. You know, like, I mean, that's a penis. You know, that's a vagina. Like, you know, like, where's the line? Like, you know, how, how, what is age appropriate you know, for this type of education, I certainly don't feel that it's like good um, to be introduced, like at, at you know, in 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 primary school at such a young age. Right. We're talking to Sarah Lee and Judy Maloney is a good friend also of the Limerick Today Show. She's a psychotherapist here in Limerick. Uh, morning, uh, Judy. Um, morning. So, so, where for you is the line? How much is too much in primary school on this one? Um, well, I think look in terms of sex education, I think. When we hear sex education, we jump to conclusions of they're teaching them about intercourse and, you know, I suppose intimate acts like that. Whereas sex education, really, it does begin from a very young age in terms of consent, which is not just about sexual consent. It's about what is okay with me for you to do. You know, what do I feel is okay? It's about boundaries. So that, you know, is so important to be taught at a very, very young age. You know, I'm not comfortable with that. Or if someone touches you, no, I don't like that. It doesn't have to be sexually at all. You know, this is where... What about, for example, the um, anatomically correct names? 
Well, I think that's so important. I mean... From, uh, from, from a very young age? Absolutely. I mean, it's a body part. So for a little boy, we'll say if his boy was three or four or five, he's taught he has a foot and an arm and a head and a penis. That's what the actual name is called. And I think to turn it into something, I don't know what you, what other name you want to put on it or do you say nothing or you don't talk about it, but it puts another element of shame on it, like it's something that you're not supposed to talk about. And would you, would you agree with that, Sara Lee? No, I certainly wouldn't. I think, you know, uh, like, if you look at children's innocence, do you know, like, I mean, it's like, just, just keep it simple. You know, they still believe in Santa Claus. Absolutely. You know, but what what would you suggest? So do you call them different names and then you have to call them a different... Do you, see, this is the problem. You, you call know, them... You've all the kind of all nicknames and then when they reach a certain age, then they have to be taught the, the correct name for them. Whereas when children are taught the correct, you know, biological name for a body part, there is no, I suppose, there is actually yeah. less thought put on it. Because no, then totally they accept it for, sorry, just let me finish. They sure. accept it for what they're called, you see. Whereas if you call them something and then you change it around, there's confusion and it's okay, well, why did I not call it this? And then like, you know, one of the, I suppose the people were saying like, People are taught different things at home. So someone might call it one thing, another might call it another, and then you that leads to extra embarrassment that kids don't need at adolescent or pre-pubescent age at all. So standardising education in terms of it's a body part, and it keeps everything else out of it. You don't need to put other meaning or anything else onto it. It's in, and you don't have to sexualise it either. Just let Sarah Lee back in there. Hmm. Yeah, I I just, um, for me, it's like children are not, they don't need that information at such a young age. It's like, I I agree with you, you know, boundaries and what is safe, you know, in terms of contact and touch. That's really important, you know, but like it, you know, it adds another dimension to it, you know, and it's like, you know, all the way up step by step. I mean, our kids are just going into school. They're still in that theta state you know, of like, you know, just kind of, they're, they're children. They don't need to know these parts. Like, they don't need to know their body parts like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they, that. they have their body parts. They already have them. You yeah. know, and as they grow along, they're obviously children are curious and they're going to ask questions. And I think if, you know, parents, we can provide them with the correct answers. Yeah, but why generally speaking, well, this is what it's called. Okay, and they accept it. And that they don't think about it anymore than they do any other body part. It's when yeah, we put what? our own shame and fear on it that that puts it on them no it's mm-hmm. it's actually nothing to do with shame or fear it has to do with the disempowerment of the parental voice it's a parent's job to actually share that information with their child it's actually a sacred thing you know it shouldn't be like an educational thing within schools like or you know part of the curriculum it should be done by parents with their kids it's it's uh you know, why, I, mean, why I, I think this is really interesting about this debate is um, that, uh, Sarah Lee, I mean, and you know this as well as anyone, there, there are some parents who just don't engage on this at all, unfortunately. And, and then, you know, does the state have some role? Uh, and then, Julia, I would say actually that, to be honest, a lot of people listening this morning would probably agree with Sarah Lee. You know, they seem really? very uncomfortable if <laughs> a, a child uses... Uh, the the word penis rather than PP or wee wee or TT or TP well, or whatever it is this week. In my, in my experience, right, Joe, and of course, and I do agree with you, I'd say the majority of people would probably disagree, but I'll tell you why, okay, and this is my experience of as a counsellor and as a parent, that 
generally it's our discomfort as adults. It's our, you know, our, I suppose, how we've grown up, how our parents have taught us. So we put certain values on words. Whereas if you give a child, well, this is called this, this is called this, that's it then that they don't get uncomfortable about it. Yeah. They just think it. That's you know, what it's interesting about, what about that, Sarah Lee? Yeah, no. Um, you see, I think we're, we're missing the point here. It's not about the kids, right? The parents are the guardians of the kids. You see, I know, but I think the point is, it is about the children. I think the children are the most important people in this, and they're the most vulnerable. And I understand what you're saying in terms of having independence as a parent and that you have you know, that it's your responsibility. It is, of course, it's absolutely your responsibility. But unfortunately, like Joe said, a lot of parents will not go anywhere near the issue. So then you've got, you you reach into fifth, sixth class, maybe first year, and some kids have a great knowledge of it because maybe they're open, their families have told them, you know, they've educated them to some extent. And then you've other kids that haven't been told absolutely anything. Okay, so and, and, and let's just ask Sarah, Amy, do, do you agree with that, that that can be a factor? Yeah, that can be a factor, but this is not the issue. The issue is that it is unnecessary to teach kids in school environments at such a young age that type of language on body parts. You know, it is age appropriate. I have no problem whatsoever. Fifth class, sixth class, you know, onward. My problem is that these are babies going into school and you have to ask why the state feels the need to teach this at such a young age. And that's because... And, 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 and just to be clear, sorry, I mean, would you, be, would you be uncomfortable with a parent teaching a child that young the anatomically correct names? I'd certainly be uncomfortable if anyone out in the street there took up my kid and started teaching them their body. No, no, yeah, yeah, I understand that, but within the family, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, even that, I, I mean, even close members of the family, it's, it's not, it's not appropriate. No, it's like that's a parent's job. All right. Very interesting debate this morning. Listen, thank you both very much. We'll hear what uh, Limerick Today listeners have to say. Um, WhatsApp us on 086-123-9595. Always great to chat to Limerick mum, Sarah Lee Cassidy, and to Judy Maloney, psychotherapist here in Limerick. Limerick Today now on 46 1995. For the first time ever, there's a pain relief available that cleverly combines paracetamol and ibuprofen into one convenient tablet. Isoleaf Duo gets to work fast and provides pain relief that's 30% more effective than taking either one alone. Don't let pain prevent you from giving everything you've got. When standard pain relief is not enough, take Isoleaf Duo for powerful dual-action pain relief. In pharmacies only. Contains paracetamol and ibuprofen. Always read the label. At Aldi, you'll find everything you need for a scarily good Halloween. Children's costumes just $4.99. In store now. Be quick, they're flying out the door. Pumpkins for 99 cents. And Haribo Mega Minis Cadbury treat-size bags and kids.